profit comes as a bonus. You know, that's why sometimes companies, every employee hopes that the company will give them bonus. Yeah. But bonus technically is something that is out of pocket, out of, out of exactly. your, you don't, you're not supposed to expect it. Exactly. So you're not supposed even to factor, hey, this year I think I will get three months bonus. So I think I will factor into my spending today. <laughs> that, that is the wrong mindset, right? Yeah, yeah. So coming back to the stock market is the same thing. My ideal uh, investment, I'll, I'll, I'll frankly tell you, my ideal investment is not go, to go for multi-baggers. Yeah. Everyone says that, I want to find the next Vitrox. I want to find the next uh, uh, Hata Lega. I want to find the next uh, uh, company that can give me that 20, 30 times uh, yeah. return. But that was never my goal. Mm. My goal is always to find a company that can give me 5 to 6% dividend yield mm. plus 3% growth per year. Mm. So that would come up to about 10% return per year. And if I compound it, it's amazing, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes. In less than eight years, I would have doubled my money. Correct. That has always been my, my motivation towards investment. Mm. And why I can do it, it's because I have an eight to 10 year horizon. horizon. Correct. I don't have a one year, two year, or even a, a few months horizon. Yeah. And maybe because I can say this right now to you, it's maybe because I'm just a lousy trader. <laughs> yeah. I, I do not have the ability to make money in a very uh, short span of time. Before we begin the podcast, have you gotten your free ebook? It's called the Build a Six-Figure Portfolio Guidebook. Now, inside it, we share with you the tips and tricks to bring your stock investing skills to the next level. The best part, it's only 10 pages long and it's totally free. Whether you're on Spotify or YouTube, the link to download is in the description or you can go to www firl.co slash f-r-e-e or www.firl.co slash free all right hello everyone welcome back to the podcast best place for long-term stock investors due to popular demand very <laughs> very popular demand <laughs> we have another recurring guest our second recurring guest uh that's mr mr han how are you doing han hi mj hi john thanks for having me back me back. I didn't expect it to be so soon. And and yeah. his uh, his yeah. shirt uh, color matches the sofa. I don't know if you just <laughs> what <laughs> he, he just blends into the sofa. I think. Do you warn him about the sofa color? No, no, yeah. obviously yeah. not. Uh, he's one with the sofa. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should do that next time. Right? We yeah. should just say, um, okay, this is the sofa color. <laughs> this is the background color. Please dress accordingly. <laughs> I.e., please do not dress the same color. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, Han, you know. You know, we hear we heard a lot about your story the last round. And I think yeah. for this uh part, right? Yeah. I want to get your thoughts on quite a few things, yeah. right? Mm. Among them would be what what have you learned this year? How mm. has this year been mm. to how is this mm. year treated to you, right? As yeah. a mm. as an investor, mm. also as a content creator. Mm. And then of course, what are you gonna look for in the next year, which is 2022? Mm. But before we go there, mm. I know one thing that's really hot off the press right now is actually <laughs> a Grab, right? So, so for some context for everyone listening, right? Basically, uh, Grab, which just listed, right? A couple yeah. of weeks ago, yeah. um, took control of Jaya Grocer, you yeah. know, estimated to be about 1.8 billion ringgit. So what, what was your immediate reactions uh, when you saw this? And what, what do you think right now after you, you know, after a while? Honestly, the first thing that came to my mind was to text John. Because okay. we talked about it in your yeah. previous podcast. That's right, that's right. And that's it was right. unintentional because when we were saying, there were two questions that was asked by John. Number one, he said that, do you still see the there is upside to the convenience uh, market mm. segment? That was the first question. 
Second question is assuming there is, you know, um, what are the competition that's currently in with all the new entrants in Malaysia? Would it actually cause the uh, prospect to dim? So at that point in time, my answer was two. Number one was I said, there is some room of potential growth where right hailing come in such as Grab, Food Panda. Mm. They need to do the end-to-end fulfillment. Yeah. You know, and to be frank, at that time, I didn't know. I think no one knows about this deal, oh, yeah. to be frank. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So when I said that, it was purely out of something that I see what was happening in US where Amazon yes, was right. buy Whole there. Foods and yes, all that. Yes. Correct. Mm. So I was thinking that probably that is the next um, growth venture for whether Food Panda or other right hailers in the country mm. and Grab and all. So when I saw this news, I was like, uh, quite taken aback. I quickly sent John. <laughs> and and said, it just happened one day they, before the podcast. The podcast so, so, and yeah. we scheduled this in a head. Yeah. So it's yeah. not like we timed this, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that was yeah. just good timing. Yeah. So coming back to this, um, so many people was telling me that, uh, hey, it's a synergistic uh, move. Uh, right. Both party right. wins, except the biggest winner seems to be uh, the Ting family. Uh, Correct. You know, I, like uh, I, I've said earlier that some people are meant to do certain business mm. and this family looks to be a very good Apache with this uh, business. <laughs> like, you know? So if you ask me, I think it's a great move for the Ting family cashing mm. out. Mm-hmm. Not so good for their PE fund who, if they were to sell it together, mm. would probably get uh, uh, better returns. Uh, but uh, in terms of the price tag, some say that is it too pricey for, for Grab to buy it at this uh, premium valuation. Mm. Now it all depends whether you believe in the brand branding of Jai Grocer, whether mm-hmm. Now it's 40 stores, right? Yeah. So whether can it grow further? Mm-hmm. And the next and most important thing is um, we know that they listed in NASDAQ. They raised in USD. Correct. Buying a Malaysian asset. Yeah, you know? it's so cheap, it's cheap, cheap in a way <laughs> la, for them. And it's a, a move that tell people that we are not just in right hailing. Mm. So I think strategically it works. Valuation wise, I think time will tell. Yeah. Valuation wise, yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm. so we have some numbers of the edge and kudos so it's about to the seventy edge. million in profit. Uh, profit, right? yeah. So one point eight billion for the whole stake. Mm. So it's twenty. I want to say twenty. No, about no, 20, no. twenty-six. Correct. Twenty. Yes, twenty. 26, about twenty-six times. Something. Like yeah. That. Almost thirty times. Yeah, yeah. Almost thirty times. But yeah. I guess the question also is. Uh, I think one uh, one thing I want to learn because I'm not really into this industry is. Uh, I think if you're just going to analyze my, my from the outsider, if you're just going to analyze this acquisition purely yeah. from how many stores you can grow yeah, and yeah. how Jai Grocer can yeah. grow all that, yeah. then you could make the case that 30 times is a bit expensive. Yeah. Mm. But the big value accrual, right, actually comes from really how it operates within all the other grad mm. subsidiaries. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And so in your view, right, how does this, uh, to use this very overused term, how is this synergistic mm. Uh, Grab's business. Let's put it very simply. Grab is now a super app. Yep. Soon, I don't know whether will they get it, but they're bidding for a digital bank as mm. well. Yep. Yep. Mm. So I think uh, having a, a a business where actually they have actual products to sell mm. besides services, end to end, they can actually use whatever technology that they have within the, the app, their app. So for example, you can use the payment, mm. you can use the delivery, mm. and then you can, instead of building up your own Grab Marts, mm. you now actually have your own uh, venues and locations and so even right. warehouse yeah. uh, to to do your end-to-end fulfillment. So in that aspect, uh, they actually sort of bring the technology element to the Jaya Grocer model. Mm. You know, your brick and mortar. So it's an online-offline hybrid, which I think I've always said as well, I think that is the best way forward. Yeah. People always say that pure online or pure offline, either one you cannot. I think the hybrid model is 
is yeah. something that can go for a long time. Omni-channel presence. Yeah, I mean, like that's what yeah. Amazon is doing, right? I yeah, think that was the big thing because yes. Amazon was known for destroying brick and mortar. Correct. And here they are buying Whole Foods, yes. which is yeah. brick and mortar. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So now, the next thing is if they were to get a digital bank, which I think their chances are quite good lah, because mm. there's five licenses. They are one of those who have them. They would have a huge uh, segment of, say, retail, mm. uh, retailers, or as well as a consumer's database to mine from. Mm. And all these are necessarily uh, uh, provides the foundation for them to build up their digital bank base. Like, Correct. You know, that is how I look at it. So why the price tag seems a bit, while the price tag seems a bit expensive, I do think that um, it's a good move for Grab. Yeah. Strategically. Like, yeah. And I think mm. the network effect of the fulfillment yeah. centers is yeah. actually yeah. underplayed because if you look from a logistics point of view, yeah. right? Uh, I. I don't know if you've ordered food from Grab recently. Yeah. They actually have a lot of Grab kitchens now. Yeah, yeah. And um, if they can ride on, you know, uh, the network effect that, that mm. Jaya Grocer actually yeah. has. Uh, I realized that uh, Jaya Grocer plays in a very premium mm. kind of, uh, and when you're playing in that kind of premium space, right? Mm. I think people are more willing to spend for this kind of services. Uh. True. Where I want to ask uh, uh, or get your thoughts on is about the digital bank since you mentioned it, right? Mm. One thing that the uh, Bank Negara giving out this license objective is actually to get people who are in a way unbanked. Mm. And probably, I do not know whether it's the agenda, but uh, definitely for people like Anne, they want to do microcredit mm. lending. Yeah. What are your thoughts on microcredit lending in Malaysia? And do you think it's a good thing? Because, um, you know, there's, we, we bombarded with news. A lot of people, are, you know, borrowing money, more money today <laughs> to spend on things they don't need or don't want. Mm. And do you think that with Grab going into this digital banking and then mm. the buy now, pay later kind mm. of syndrome, how will it propagate into a good thing or a bad thing? I think your question is uh, very, very timely because yeah. um, buy now, pay later seems to be all the, yeah. the, all the hype today. Um, but let's backtrack a bit on the digital bank first. Mm. I think number one, in recent times in our country, especially from an economic standpoint, yeah. we must think of what are the catalytic um, uh, elements or policies that are in place. Mm. I feel by, although everyone is talking about 5G and everything, to yeah. me, I think Digital Bank is one of the best uh, initiative to date mm. by our regulators in our country. Okay. So this one really, we must take our heads off to uh, BNM. Yeah. Five license seems uh, just nice for our size, our population size. Um, if you ask me, I think digital bank is good because there are two, two aspects to it. One is, of course, the underbank population, mm, mm, mm. Uh, the bankable but underbank population. Mm. Another is because the shift away from brick and mortar towards online, making it more easier. Say, opening an account, I don't have to go to a bank. Mm. I can just do everything online as long as I fulfill certain checks and balances. Correct. You know, using AI to, to, to verify your identity against the your KYC. IC, yeah, you know. So that, that kind of things are already in place, the technology are in place. So it's time we explore it. And to be frank, BNM and Malaysia has always done very well in terms of the adopting to the pace of change in, in, in the society. So that is a good initiative, no doubt. And for Grab to go in, I think it's also, um, it's a natural progression because their database is big anyway. Correct, correct. They already have so much of these uh, users and whether e-wallet or whatever, that, that payment system. So it's a natural progression. Now, coming back to microcredit on the other hand is something else altogether. Mm. There are two kinds of microcredit. We, 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 microcredit is to whether for businesses mm -hmm. or for um, 
special projects, you know, mm. the one that, you know, um, farmers who don't have the kind of access to facilities, they need 5,000 to buy the, the fertilizers for their crops, you know, those. And one more is the, the one that you just mentioned, buy now, pay later kind of scheme. It's mm. for the consumers. Correct. So these three, we must actually um, segregate, segregate it. Yeah. Like, for my point of view, microcredit from a policy to help those in the rural agriculture, I think it's very good. Mm. If you look at many of these uh, United Nations sponsored programs, they like this kind of, because it helps empower those poor people who have no access to capital. Correct. Yeah. Uh, instead of constantly being exploited or being lent on credit by the middleman who mm. exploits them. So I think this part of the microcredit financing segment is actually beneficial for the society as a whole to uplift them from poverty. So that one, I'm, I'm all for it. Micro credit, credit for businesses, it depends on what kind of business mm. you're talking about. If it's those kind of uh, small businesses within urban areas that of course they haven't reached the threshold where the banks would even consider them mm. or even the digital banks wouldn't consider them, mm. then it's also a plus. Mm. Now, buy now, pay later, I hold a very different uh, view <laughs> altogether. Yeah. To me, um, this is a very Western way of um, uh, approaching the market or, or they call it the consumer market. Why mm. is I like something, let's buy it and enjoy it without thinking about the potential financial repercussion. Mm, right. Buy now, pay later empowers that kind of behavior. And again, it's quite contrary to my belief of being a fundamental or value investor. Right. Right? You only invest with what you have, mm. you only invest with excess. So similarly spending, you should spend only what you do not uh, need. Mm. You know, uh, spend only what you need with monies that you, you, you are able to, to spend. Mm. So I, personally would never invest in a buy now, pay later company. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I will never uh, get involved in this kind of uh, initiatives in my point of view. And I personally think if there is such scheme that the BNM wants to do, I hope that it is properly regulated. I have a question yeah. about yeah. digital banks, right? So yeah. one of the reason, uh, I think the, the discussion is great, obviously, to open it up to people yeah. who are unbanked mm. and who are mm. downtrodden society yeah. and all that. But on the other side, of the, <clears throat> on the flip side as well, there is a reason some of these people are unbanked, which is uh, essentially by the assessment of the traditional banks, their, yeah. un, their, their credit worthiness mm. is not there. Mm. So I, I guess my question to you is if someone were to have a digital bank, so let's say like, you know, you, in your estimation, Grab is mm. going to get the, the mm. digital mm. license. Mm. They get that. What kind of credit um, scoring or like how, how are they going to analyze to use an example you gave is like the farmer who needs mm -hmm. 5,000 for mm -hmm. fertilizers and mm -hmm. all that because mm -hmm. the way Grab is going to do is they're going to take uh, money from depositors, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. To fund all this. And that may not be, that that has its own risk, right? So what, what do you think, uh, how do you think this sort of credit assessment is going to change? Because if the banks are not doing it, there's a reason, yep. right? We, we know why we can go there and ask them why, right? <laughs> uh, even people who, who are banked already yeah. having huge problems problem getting credit, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So then now suddenly you say some farmer who is not uh, educated, mm. who can't even afford 5,000 mm. ringgit, mm. now he's credit worthy. Mm. How do you square this Mm. potential circle. Okay, so um, I will speak in a perspective that if I were to uh, manage Grab, mm. if I'm a management that's of right, Grab, that's right. uh, not because um, I know them or anything, I, I do yeah? yes. So if I'm the management of Grab, I am a, a 40 billion US listed company and I, I have this uh, great platform, you know, I have the necessary license to run a digital bank. I think for rural people or those in the agriculture who are underbanked 
by virtue of the fact they are credit unworthy, mm. would come under my social initiative, uh, mm. would come under my social empowerment agenda. Another thing about tech companies that we all realize that they are either disruptors or innovators. Correct. In a way, they try to improve the life of people, right? Right. So this would be an agenda that, that suits quite well with their DNA mm. instead of traditional banks where they're profit-driven. Yeah. So absolutely. it's a very, very different business model. So I'm not saying that um, Grab would nat naturally mean that oh, 50% of all my, I'm going to go to agriculture. Yeah. No, there will be a percentage for them. Yeah. And also for them, the good thing is making inroads as well as opening up the market, which was traditionally locked up or, or no one entertained to it. That is what disruptors do. So from my point of view, Grab can have an advantage right. from, from that point. And they can have profitable um, lenders or credit worthy lenders who in a way will uh, subsidize for potential MPLs from mm. this. And mm. of course they will limit the, the exposure. I'm yeah. sure they're smart enough to do that. Yeah. But because if they, don't, yeah. if they don't, the other businesses right now are yes. already bleeding. Right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So <clears throat> ultimately what, I, what I'm trying to say is that it will, it will fall into part of their ecosystem as a whole. And it all depends on the people who is championing the agenda. Mm. Again, I cannot speak for them because I'm not the management. But yeah. I would personally do that. Yeah, it helps also increase your 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 users, right? Yeah, <laughs> your, your client. Base. Actually, I mean that's what Alibaba did very well because yep. they open up the markets for small time farmers mm. in in China yeah. to actually have a marketplace. Yes. Yeah. Um, maybe I want to touch about um, you know Momak Gramin. Yeah. Mm. Uh, of mm. uh, mm. uh, Momak Yunu, sorry, mm -hmm. Gramin Bank. Mm. Um, why do you think um that policy of micro? I mean, if I correct me if I'm wrong, since you're an expert in economics, right? <laughs> So when he won the Nobel Prize for coming up for yeah. this kind of schema, why do you think it's stopping the implementation here in Malaysia? What, what he actually pioneered for Bangladesh actually? I think uh, number one, you need to buy in a lot of stakeholders. I see. Yeah, stakeholders, that means uh, ideally you, the, the ideal situation is always you have a very philanthropic ultra billionaire who is willing to help yeah. people, ah. don't mind dishing out the dough. But the fact of the matter is for a program to be sustainable, mm. you cannot rely on an individual or a bunch of individual. I see. You need the stakeholders. Stakeholders include your government, mm. your state, uh, authorities, your regulators, even your ketua kampung for that matter, Correct. your head, head of village who knows these people, yeah. you know, who can maybe to an extent vouch for their ability to pay back or mm. you know, to, to an extent, you, you need an, a whole bunch of people to come together. Now, uh, a lot of these initiatives, ideas are always good. Mm. Intent is always good, but the implementation is always the problem. Yes, So exactly. a lot of it in the end, they bleed out or they, by virtue of their, the, the way that it's run, it's not viable then it dies a natural death. Mm. So that's not what we want uh, uh, happening in any parts of the world, uh, to be frank with you, especially uh, not in Malaysia as well. Yeah. So if, for example, uh, this digital bank is rolled out, uh, the digital bank license is rolled out to uh, the five winners, whoever they are, yeah. I am sure BNM would, as a regulator, would come in to assess the, the application, mm. consider it thoroughly. So we have a role of a BNM to mm. be a regulator, to stand in, to make sure that not only your interest as a operator is protected, the people who are potentially your customers are also protected. So mm. we need something like that, mm. you know? Then of course, then we need a tech giant who has the kind of technology ability to implement like Grab, for mm. example. Mm. Then we need the consumers to be ready to go on. But mm. apart from that, you still need a lot of pushing at the rural area. Mm. This is where the other components start to come in. Yeah. So that is my view of how this microcredit to be truly sustainable and, and to work. Yeah, because yeah. I, I see the success stories in China or yeah. even other, I, I, yeah. I feel because I'm from Sarawak yeah. and I know this, 
I don't know if you tried barrio rice before. I, I, I heard of heard of it. Heard of it, right? Yeah. But it's not marketed properly. Mm. There's no mm. uh, one is probably like what you know. Uh, we've been talking about, which is no one providing them the capital to yeah. be able to expand. Yeah. No yeah. marketplace and yeah. accessibility, yeah. So it's heartening to see the success yeah. already, and yeah. yet we somehow or rather, how come we don't see that here? Yeah. You see, because it, an, another thing about China is that they they they. Everyone, uh, even Charlie Munger, has acknowledged publicly that uh, China has done the most uh, improbable upliftment of poverty mm. in the history of mankind within the space of 20 years. Mm. That's because they had a strong government, Correct. not only from the top level, but also to the grassroots. I see. So if you have a strong government from the top to bottom, I'm not talking about communists or whatever regime, it may yeah. be, you yeah. need to have the grassroots to also participate. Correct. I mean, I mean they are yeah. communists in name only. Uh, honestly. <laughs> when, when you go there, all they talk about is money. What yeah, kind of communist country spends Correct. most of their time talking? Talking about money, True. Right? social <laughs> capitalism. <maybe. laughs> social capitalism. Yeah. C stands for communism. C yeah. also stands for capitalism. Right? I actually want to get your thoughts on this, right? Yeah. Uh, now we talked a, uh, a bit about Grab's acquisition, yeah. their potential yeah. digital yeah. license, yeah. but let's talk a little bit about Grab. What do you think, like, in terms of Grab as a whole? Mm. I think one of the big questions today, and they just got listed, right? Certainly, Malaysians will want to, uh, you know, uh, take a position. Yeah, take a position. <laughs> you know, things like that. Yeah. What's um, the share price today? I wonder. Yeah, one of the big to, things yeah. about yeah. Uh, these sort of companies is that they're not profitable now. Yeah. They're bleeding a lot yeah. of money. Yeah. But eventually, we know as investors, they have to turn things around. Mm. So the example I always give is that uh, Amazon was bleeding money in the early days. Mm. But actually, if you adjust away their R&D expenses, they had a P of 10 times mm. in the early 2000s, right? Mm. When is that point for you? Mm. And do you think Grab is hitting in that direction because they can continuously bleed and bleed and bleed and eventually die right yeah eventually people will say yeah i think your business model is not not working <laughs> um yeah in your view because no we know uber right the the, the guy was a hit same same story right mm. now so th it depends on how you view grab right now um grab did list in nasdaq mm. um yeah. and in a way it's quite uh the if I'm not mistaken, it's the largest Southeast Asian Correct. listing, if I'm not mistaken. It was the first time I think yeah. Nasdaq went to Southeast Asia, Asia to, to gong the gong thing. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Right. So um, they have already made a lot of breakthrough. Of course. So it depends on how much, I always say that whatever company you invest in, is all about the management. It depends right. how much you believe in the management ability to de deliver, not only towards IPO, but beyond mm. and keeping it sustainable. So when we look at financial matrix, that doesn't make sense. Correct. And we want to take a position in it. There's only one thing that can help you to um, uh, ignore the financial matrix. That is the management. Mm. So that is how I would tell myself uh, whenever I look at companies like uh, whether Grab or Tech. Then another thing is I realized that because they chose to lease in Nasdaq, uh, the investors there may not be as familiar uh, about Grab yes. as we are. The, right? nu the nuances. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. We know we know end to end how Grab works. And we Correct. use the yeah? product. Yeah. Yes. The, Analysts who cover the report may have tried it. Yes. The fund managers, some of them based in this part of the world, may know about it. Yeah. But majority of those based in the US, what's Grab? Yeah. You know, another Uber. <laughs> it, you, you get it. So if this image of Grab will always be another Uber, then I don't think that uh, there, there will be much upside. Mm. Now, of course, we being based here, we know that that's not the case, right? Yes. Correct. So the question is that, do we believe in the next move that they're doing, the next strategic move, then the next one and the following one? Yeah. So if you look at what the spec altimeter growth uh, uh, spec, uh, corp, uh, the, the, the owner said uh, during the listing, he actually didn't focus so much on right hailing, surprisingly. Mm -hmm. He keep talking about super app and digital bank. Mm -hmm. yeah. So he is very cognizant 
that um, Grab will need to move towards this direction, only then its true value will be uh, uh, the second act and the third act. The Correct. first act is actually yes. right hailing, which is bleeding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's why looking at the share price today, I, I, that's why I, half I, already. I, yeah, it's half of, uh, <laughs> of nice. its listing. Its listing was yeah. 12, Perfect. 40. Yeah. Uh, now it's about half. So if you ask me at this juncture, if you go in, is it safe? I yeah. think you have a 50% Percent. profit mar margin. Right? Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, sorry, uh, 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 discount. a discount to the listing. Then, if you're still worried, you can just take a small position now. Yeah. If it drops, you have enough to scale in again. Mm. Personally, would I buy? In no recommendation to anyone, if I look at this recent strategic move, that means prior this Jai Grocer, I probably wouldn't. Mm. But after what happened last night, I may consider taking a position. Right. Mm. You know, mm. Because what they're doing is in line with what I just said two months ago. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you get what I'm saying? So, so they're they hitting did, the right notes yeah, already. They hit something that I can resonate with. Mm. And mm. as an investor, that's what matters to me. You must try to invest in something that you can resonate with. Mm. Don't just go after the name just because, hey, I can see it, I use it, that's yeah, it. Yeah. Because it's not enough to give you the conviction when the share price plunges further. Yes, right, right. exactly. So the only thing that gives you that kind of confidence, conviction is if you understand it, you can resonate with it, you believe in it, then you can hold through the cycles. Understand. So those people that talk about Amazon, right? Those days they missed out and everything. But what I know is that some of the long time <laughs> investors in Amazon's actually avid book readers. Mm. Because it started off selling books, right? Yeah. So they said, oh, I like this company. They, they have that emotional affinity with yeah. it. Uh. And they just held on. But of course, that is not the reason why Amazon, I'm just giving you an example, a, yeah. a more extreme example of some kind of investors, you know? Yeah. They use different ways to justify and in the end, it turned out to be the right decision. You, you mentioned management, right? Yeah, so yeah. you touch, obviously we've touched a little bit about how they've yeah. made moves and all that. Yeah. But you said that if, you know, you cannot through the financial metrics see mm. Mm. whether or not mm -mm. Uh, it's a good company. You can't have a PE on yeah, this, right? It's precisely. a negative yeah. PE, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what is, uh, what, do you, what is your assessment of, uh, you know, Mr. Anthony and of course his, his team as well? Mm. Again, I don't know him personally, but uh, there's always a Chinese saying that they say that um, the wealth does not last beyond three generations. Mm. So I think uh, uh, Mr. Anthony Tan has broke that Broken myth. Broken that rule. That myth. Yeah. In, in, in uh, Malaysia, he has shown to uh, people that despite being the grandson of Tan Chong, he grew his wealth in his own way beyond uh, uh, his family's wealth and even his family's business ventures. Mm, mm. I'm not sure if Tan Chong and the related families taken a stake in him or his company. If they did, congrats to them. If they didn't, then- It's uh, a shame uh, if they didn't. <laughs> yeah. But what I heard uh, yeah, yeah. from what I've read, like, yeah, I don't yeah, know, yeah. Uh, obviously this is yeah. not verifiable. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Was that yeah. the his father was very yeah. ob objective if, eh, no, uh, uh, what do you call You're it? Objecting uh, to his... Uh, objecting. Really? Okay. Yeah, the mother was the one that supported him. Uh, always listen to your mother then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that by, obviously, it is not verifiable. Yeah, and obviously, yeah, yeah. what is written also, yeah, yeah. you don't know the source of the source of the source, yeah, right? Correct, but correct. what I read was the father was, um, uh, just say, just come back and do the business. Mm. You know, the Tanchong Moto business. And the mother was the one that says, okay, la, you take mm. this money and, and then grow mm. grab, la, that mm. kind of thing. La. So <laughs> I don't know how, how, how much of it is mm. true, but... Mm. Based on that, um, you may get a clue whether the mm. Tanchong family actually mm. invested in him. We, we, we actually have a, a common friend yeah. who, who's actually yeah. his, uh, yeah. his his classmate. So yeah. maybe I can share with you yeah. because yeah. he shared with me this way. Right? Yeah. He was a classmate and because um, he studied uh, here. In gardens. So, yeah, he studied in gardens, right, and, uh, Anthony. And uh, he, was, he was really annoyed because uh, every time he would go back to his house, my, uh, this friend of ours, 
then uh, the father will say, you know, why can't you be more like Anthony? You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, because because Anthony was like this outstanding student. Outstanding. He was everything. You know, he's the guy you want to hate because ev- sports good la, mm. studies good la, Everything mm. is so good, you know. Yeah. So yeah, there's just a, just a side story about the. Uh, and Mr. it's interesting. Uh, apart from that, I think credit also must be given to his co-founder Tan Hui Ling. Yeah, yeah, mm, exactly. You know? So and then and then his team team of uh, founders who were with him throughout. I think it's not easy. Uh, to grow a company to what it is today, regardless whether it's profitable or not, to the size that it is, and to convince people to believe in your vision, that is a Correct. skill set altogether. Correct. It's just like what 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 uh, Jack Ma always said, right? Uh, when he started, when he went to uh, US, Goldman Sachs, uh, and 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 JP to raise funds, and then after all, he also met Jerry Young mm. of Yahoo before. He said, "I need some tips." Yes. How am I going to raise funds from this uh, Western uh, capitalist uh, banks who only want about profit, profit, profit? Correct, correct. You know, Jerry Young just told him that be yourself, uh, do what you do best. Mm. And he just went in to do that. So when he came out of it, he thought he blew it because mm. he said, I did what I do. I think these people looking at me like someone who's crazy, mm, 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 you know, mm, someone who is nuts, you know. But in the end, look at what it is. Yeah. So what I'm trying to tell you is that whenever anyone starts a business or build a business, no one knows the outcome. And it's so many variables. Yeah, too you know? many variables yeah, that you don't control. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, going to Harvard Business School and and having that 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 prestigious pedigree behind you gives you some uh, headway or to convince some investors that hey, at least this guy has brains. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So it it does help to that extent, but beyond that, it's all down to your own execution ability, and of course, a lot of um. Uh, factors including people helping you correct you know you never know I I mean you touched on such a great point because a lot of people think that the moment you have the pedigree right the the road is path for you you know (laughs) (laughs) right yeah Yeah, I don't know where this Uh, where this has ever come from yeah yeah, yeah. so okay now you know we talked a a lot about grab but I want to talk to you more personally now right Um, 2021 um just very like most year. years, right? <laughs> yeah. It's very mm. yeah, interesting. We have a very stop-start year. Yeah. We have uh, comments about chopsticks. We have uh, <laughs> we have uh, we have the Serba fiasco. Then globally, we have yeah. even more things. Evergrande. But yeah. what do you what? How has twenty twenty one treated you as mm. an investor? Mm. And what what are some of the things that you've learned mm. that you you like to share? I think 2021 is uh, another watershed year, to be frank with you. Um, 2021, 2020 was a great year for everyone because of uh, generally there was a mania. And uh, of course, um, I went in the market at the right time during the March sell-off. Um, 90% invested at a point in time, right the wave up, deliver my best ever return uh, uh, in my entire investment uh, life, life cycle. I, I got a 56% return mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. that one year alone. Mm. So I would say that this year is a year where I have to give back some of the gains mm. that I've made in 2020. And 2021 is all about risk management. Mm. So if anything that 2021 taught me is risk management is just as important, if not more important in being able to find good companies. Mm. Because if you look at our stock market, uh, just let's not talk about overseas because at this juncture, Malaysia already has enough on its plate, right? Yeah, so, yeah. KLCI is down year to date, 8.8%. Yeah. Um, if you calculate from the peak uh, in, in uh, 2020 until today, within a one year time span, it hit a correction territory. It broke below 1510, more than 10%. Uh, uh, and during this period now, if I'm not mistaken, this morning was 1480. Ooh. 1480 this morning. So why did all this happen? 
I thought we were on the path of recovery. Of recovery, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. In, in fact, in, I, I still recall in the starting of the year, they were very bullish um, mm. um, lawmakers and policymakers and even saying that we will hit 7% GDP growth. <laughs> yeah. I saw ADB just slashed our forecast from 4.7% GDP to 3.8% mm -hmm. uh, for 2021. Mm. What does this show you? Sometimes life doesn't go as per what you plan. Yeah. And more importantly is that when it doesn't go according to your plan, you must have very good risk management. Mm. Yeah. Ability to navigate, that means having cash in hand to navigate, whether to average down or at least to hold or to wait. You know, Those are the things that you need to be prepared for. You must have a balanced all-weather portfolio. So if you're not getting good returns on capital growth, you're getting in dividend income. Mm. You know, So these are the examples that I would say um, uh, investors like, in the market must always take cognizance of. Okay. You will not make a lot of money having a very diversified all-weather portfolio. Correct. But you won't make any major mistakes. Mm. You won't uh, substantially lose your fortune or wealth and yeah. or even owe the bank for margins for that matter. You know? So an all-weather por portfolio happens is that if it drops, everything drops in tandem, but mm. you have certain stocks that cover certain other stocks. Correct. More importantly, you have a very good base. So for example, uh, I'm a very big believer in gloves. Right. And gloves performed very badly this year. Yeah. So the question then is, oh my gosh, would I be wiped out? Mm. The answer is no. Okay. Because out of uh, my portfolio of about 40 stocks, yeah. you know, glove is not more than 10, for example, mm. a percentage, you know. So when you look at the percentage wise, it's a very balanced portfolio. I have very strong bank positions, I have very strong insurance position, I have very strong yielding position. And glove is one of the, the components of it. Then the question is that how much of the cash position I have in since the beginning of this year, I had about 50% on hand. Mm. And then after that, uh, as the market drops, I take small positions to scale in. So then my cash position at one, at, at any point in time shouldn't go below 30%. Mm. But recently, as it as the market continued to drop, I started taking uh, a few more good positions of some very nice uh, blue chip companies. Mm, mm, mm. So this is the, the thing I've learned that in a bad year, that is where it differentiates a good investor from bad, Correct. Uh, from an ordinary investor. I wouldn't yeah. say a bad the, investor. The conviction to go in. Yeah. yeah. In fact, if anyone asks me right now, I say, Nothing wrong, just buy now. Why, yeah. why, why are you worried if your horizon is long? Yeah, correct. If you tell me that you buy now, next month you want to make money, I, I don't have the answer to that. I wish them good luck. Yeah. Huh? That's, that's the only thing that we <laughs> would <know>? say. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt this podcast. I know it's a little bit annoying, but I want to tell you something that I think can be really helpful to you. I can tell you're really interested in the stock market and want to learn more about it so that you actually know what you're doing especially when today things are getting more complex and complicated. That's why we came up with the Stock Investing Blueprint or SIB. It's our signature e-learning program that teaches you how to pick the right stocks most of the time, buy and sell it at the best possible time and manage your stock portfolio systematically. It currently has more than 10 hours of content and it's growing you also be part of a group of like-minded investors that can help speed up your learning process. To hop on the program, click on the link in the description or go to learn.viral.co slash courses slash SIB. You know, I, I, I don't know if you agree with this. Actually, yeah. it's, uh, it's about chugging along, meaning it's, it's more survival. Mm. And it, it's hard because... When people get into the stock market, yeah. they or, or any volatile asset yeah. for that matter, right? it's about the dream that it can give you and all that. But it seems to me that what you're suggesting is a thing of survival first, right? Am I right to say that? Yeah, you, you totally. Because 
to even do well in life, you must survive first. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. for example, if we were to start a business today, what is your key matrix? I must cover my overhead. Correct. I must cover my operating expenses. Correct. I must be able to break even. This is your first thing. Yeah. Profit comes as a bonus. You know, that's why sometimes companies, every employee hopes that the company will give them bonus. Yeah. But bonus technically is something that is out of pocket, out of, out of exactly. your, you don't, you're not supposed to expect it. Exactly. So you're not supposed even to factor, hey, this year I think I will get three months bonus. So I think I will factor into my spending today. <laughs> that, that is the wrong mindset, right? Yeah, yeah. So coming back to the stock market is the same thing. My ideal uh, investment, I'll, I'll, I'll frankly tell you, my ideal investment is not go, to go for multi-baggers. Yeah. Everyone says that, I want to find the next Vitrox. I want to find the next uh, uh, Hata Lega. I want to find the next uh, uh, company that can give me that 20, 30 times uh, yeah. return. But that was never my goal. Mm. My goal is always to find a company that can give me 5 to 6% dividend yield mm. plus 3% growth per year. Mm. So that would come up to about 10% return per year. And if I compound it, it's amazing, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes. In less than eight years, I would have doubled my money. Correct. That has always been my, my motivation towards investment. Mm. And why I can do it, it's because I have an eight to 10 year horizon. horizon. Correct. I don't have a one year, two year, or even a, a few months horizon. Yeah. And maybe because I can say this right now to you, it's maybe because I'm just a lousy trader. <laughs> yeah. I, I do not have the ability to make money in a very uh, short span of time. Mm. And I've continuously uh, tell people around me that um, the biggest wealth uh, uh, accumulated is through time. Yes. And uh, if, 2021 is anything at all. It only reinforces my conviction. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So right now, people are saying, ah, Busa is going to the uh, dumpster. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so bad. Really yeah, a lot of people are exiting. Oh, yeah. 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 That is the wrong move, isn't it? Correct. Now Correct. is not the time to, to exactly. now is the time for you to back up the truck and buy the companies. When do you see Tanaga trading close to $9? Yeah. You know, at, at almost uh, 8.5 to 9% yield. An example would yeah. be this. When do you see uh, Apex Healthcare trading close to $2.58 when yes. its its fair value is above three? You know, so my point is you don't get to see this kind of company trading. Uh, even dialogue for that matter. It's yeah, 240. it's $2.40. I'm like, it's <laughs> even lower than when uh, oil plunge into the historic negative correct. territory. Correct, you correct. Know? So, correct. When, when did dialogue trade at such valuation? Yeah. You know, if you're saying ESG discounts and everything, either the discounts are more than yeah. uh, factored into. So there are a lot of opportunities in the market right now. And this value only emerges when the market is bad. And, and, and it's great that you guys bring up this about this chugging along because yeah. what I notice, uh, especially for invest, okay, they so-called investors, uh, it's a complete risk off or complete risk on. Yeah. yeah. Very manic. It's so, so it's like an on-off switch, you know. But as an investor, uh, you flow with the market in the sense that when there are opportunities when everyone is bullish, yeah. you should actually take mm. some profit to, mm. to hold mm. your positions. Mm. But when it is actually in a downfall, mm. it's where you take positions to ride the upside in the True. future, you see. But a lot of investors are, uh, wow, market is bad. Soup, chop everything. Yeah. Market is good. Wow, everything go in. Uh, mm. silang, uh. Mm. So, so it's really about that balancing act of, you know, just chugging along rather than a full risk on, risk off. Uh, That's see? right. Yeah. Uh, that, 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 you're totally right, John. Yeah, and, yeah. and at the end of the day, it all comes down to what kind of investor you want Correct. to be. I mean, everyone is different. Yes. Different risk appetite, different uh, ability to hold different uh, 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 investment horizon. Yeah. So what I'm saying may not resonate with everyone. Correct. That's what I, 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 I hope to, to make it quite clear here. Yeah. It works for me. It may not work for you because- Correct. Um, for example, uh, I know of people who suffered a lot in the pandemic. Mm. So they took out their life savings or whatever to invest in the stock market, hoping for that kind of wow. return, uh, 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 income. Uh, income, yeah. Uh, income replenishment. <laughs> yeah. So they did very well in 2020. Yeah. Uh, I do not know how many of them actually sell out at the peak or yeah. no, I, I do not know. But then 
if they were 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 not able to trim positions that they go goes yeah. up, then this year they will be suffering the the other end of it. Then they Correct. say that my life savings is there, it's gone. Yeah. So then they will be in a very desperate state that they have to cut because it's one four eight zero now. So yeah. they think that oh the market is probably going to go to one four oh oh whatever it may be. Yeah. You know? And I think importantly it depends on the person and the state that you are. Mm. So that's why investment should always be about investing your excess capital. capital. It cannot such that you invest already, then your whole uh, livelihood is in yeah. trouble. Yes. So I hope unless that's that your job, lah. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's but ironically, right? Yeah. Unless the, the the people who are in that, that job, right, MJ, they're compensated not from their investment thesis, you know, they're compensated yeah. the by salary. their salary. So yes. which which is kind of ironic yeah. to me. I, I think you get what I mean, yes. right? Unless fund manage fund manager are compensated purely based on their incentive. Precisely. Uh, then the the then that is a different different uh, skill set. That's why they always say that uh, certain fund managers or certain fund houses they don't really believe in them because they say that whether my portfolio perform or don't perform, that person will still get his salary. Correct. You know he's not incentivized to perform better. Neither is he incentivized to 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 perform good risk management. Yeah. Uh, they just do they call it the index. Benchmarking, correct. So actually, closet <laughs> indexing, they call it. No, no. Doctor Tang had a yeah. had a had a yeah. specific term, right? Uh, yeah. Index hugging. Yeah, <laughs> which is hugging. not which is not fair to uh, investors. Correct, actually, correct, you know? correct. Because correct. if I park the money with you, I yeah. pay you this kind of a management fees. You ought to de deliver some. Hey, actually, you know, you right? mentioned this. I had to share one comment yeah. actually that yeah. was on our YouTube channel, yeah. and we were actually yeah. talking about indexing. Yeah, yeah. we say the the perils of indexing. Yeah. So someone came out and disagreed with yeah. all yeah. that. You know these people are doing all their job. I don't know if you can pull it up actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, check yeah, out yeah, one of the comments you can read. The, the, I think it was the Stash Away video, right? If I'm not mistaken. Was it I, the I think away? so. You you just go to 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 our YouTube channel. Yeah. You go to YouTube studio. But uh, so while, while John do that, so I don't want to spoil <laughs> yeah, the surprise. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Speaking of index, right, yeah. I want to ask you. So recently, Inari actually managed to sneak in to the KLCI, <laughs> right? And it's great because at long, long last, you know, no like, you know, one less bank or plantation yeah, stock yeah. that's just driving me yeah. nuts. You know, yeah, why yeah. is why are these companies still in the KLCI? Right? That's my that's my passionate uh, opinion. Mm. Yeah. But uh okay, I, I share my views and you, you, you come back mm. to me. I think that a lot of people say that, you know, like it's great and we should have a lot of tech companies uh, filled up into oh you have to go to YouTube Studios. Okay, yeah. So you click on that. Yeah. Yeah, YouTube, YouTube studios. studios. Yeah, then okay. you go to comments. You can probably you can find it in the part, but Fun, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, when you talked about the the plumber and the work, uh, oh work yeah, 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 you yeah. find yeah. that one. Yeah. So, okay. Um, uh, what you uh, you yeah. ask? Yeah. So so my 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 question. A lot of people want like tech companies to fill up the KLCI, and I understand that, right? Because it's the time and all that. However, I do feel that there is going to be a challenge because of the kind of tech companies that we have, all set companies aside, right? The AT guys, the EMS guys and all that, the profit is very small. So the, logically, right? Even if you account for high growth, right? The only way for these guys to get into KLCI is extreme valuations. Huh? Yes. Because the fundamentals, though good, needs to be ultra, ultra great, right? Some Something like an Inari to enter. So do you think actually it's realistic, right? For even though that's what I want, but do you think it's realistic that tech companies fill up much of the KLCI in the next 10 to 15 years, let's say? I think they can do it if they are considered true blue tech companies. Mm. But our tech companies are not, right? Yes. Ours are technically semiconductor manufacturers, part components, manufacturers, oh, contract yeah. manu manufacturers. 
So they are actually no different from say your glove companies, you know, yeah, actually, yeah, who are actually uh, probably a, an OEM to a principal or a, correct uh, uh, this uh, uh, big clients overseas. So that is the essence of problem in Malaysia. Yeah. Mm. But if we do have a company that fulfills or check the boxes uh, of a, a tech company, then by all means, I, I'm happy that they are included in the index. In the index yes. But you're totally right. But this problem is not only in, in Malaysia. Uh, Malaysia. <laughs> in US, um, Apple surpassed 3 trillion, right? Yeah. Uh, in market cap. Uh, Microsoft, 2.6 trillion. Correct. Both of them combined, just to these two companies alone, their market cap was... Uh, 50% of, of the, the entire S&P 500 <laughs> yeah. in 2009. Yes. So imagine if today's market cap, both of these companies, they actually take up half the weightage of, of the, the index and <laughs> entire S&P 500 other, other companies yeah. in uh, 20, uh, 2009. Yeah. yeah. That's how, how crazy the tech companies have grown. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you look back at the tech companies, whether in China currently, China, Hong Kong, uh, and uh, listed in China or Hong Kong, and then of course in US, some of the tech companies, especially the good ones, their valuations are not as expensive as our correct local tech. We, yeah. So how do you how do you <laughs> how do you solve this mystery? You know? Yeah. 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 Maybe you can you can try. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, worst case, we can we we can just give the context of the. So la, So basically, yeah. the person said in the comments, uh, which yeah. she later corrected la, She said that. You know, we are not being fair to fund managers or that because at the end of the day, they 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 also like do their jobs and that's why we need to pay them and all that, right? Oh, I remember she deleted yeah. her con uh, her comment. Oh, she did, ah. Uh? Yeah, okay. yeah. So, I, remember, I remember looking back for it and then after that she deleted her comment. Oh, she, she said, said uh, fair was, fair point or something like that. Yeah. So th then she said, you know, it's just like a a plumber or a mechanic or all that, and, and you know they also get paid, right? They they're not paid by performance or mechanics. Yeah. But I just told her, right, the success rate of a mechanic is a lot higher than what the fund managers are doing. <laughs> <laughs> and she said fair point. And I'm, I was quite surprised she deleted it. I don't think she should have. Oh, uh, let me think. That one, I don't think she deleted. Wait, let me see. Uh, uh, I, I, I totally like this analogy. Um, <laughs> right? And, and some people say that. Then, then I've heard, I've actually used this in real life before. And, <laughs> and there's a rebuttal to this, actually, yeah. which is... Um, yeah, but you know, the fund manager's job is a lot tougher. Mm. I agree, but they are paid a lot higher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there are two kinds of fund managers. There's the the the, the ordinary uh, fund managers who does their job, um, don't make a lot of mistakes. Yeah. You know, they just deliver the kind of uh, returns above benchmark. You yeah. know? And they live their uh, cozy life and they deliver the returns to uh, unit holders or whatever it may be. Mm. Then there's the other end of it who are actively um, always looking out to grow the fund and grow uh, and deliver the, the kind of performance, mm. the AUM and all. And that's why these people become legendary, right? Yeah. So in any industry, if you look at the whole um, mean of it, you know, there's always the, the bulk bell curve where there's always Correct. these outliers and there's always the majority of them who are in the middle. Mm. So in any industry, it's the same. But let me put it this way. If I were to start my own fund management company, I would definitely have a very uh, a sizable portion of incentive for the fund managers. Mm. In, and it definitely will not pale in comparison to their fixed salary. Correct. Why? Yeah. It's because I would want them to perform. Yes. And it incentivizes them to perform. And more importantly, it also, I would say, take away the unnecessary company politics and becomes a more merit-driven environment. Mm. Precisely. Mm. You know? In fact, 
let's put it this way, in the stock market or invest, investing or world of finance, if it relates to performance, purely performance-based, it's actually the most merit-driven uh, sector in the world today, actually, apart from sports. Yes. Apart from sports. Because your, your performance, actually- And comedy, I would say. Comedy <laughs> <laughs> actually, the, Mr. Tang actually yeah. um, said this, Dato Tang. Yeah. Uh, when we were interviewing him and yeah. one of the things we asked, he has award-winning analysts. Mm. So, so he, he used it in both a, a, a positive and a negative. Like he said, if it's an award-winning uh, analyst, why are they so afraid of buying into a position? And he says, oh, very simple. It's because the moment you buy into a position, that's where the measurement actually starts. Mm. So I, I, found, I found that very profound is because uh, people can analyze all they want, yeah. write all the reports yeah. that they yeah. want, yeah. but the true conviction and the true measurement is that when you buy into a company, yeah. that's when you say, oh, you have conviction. That means you've skin in the game. Yes. And that's when you are measured, you yes. see? Yes. Yeah, yeah. To the, to the point about the salaried uh, um, incentivization versus mm. uh, the idea that you have on, on having a pot mm. and you are incentivized based on performance. Oh? Yeah. But see, this is the interesting bit, right? Yeah. So you you made the comparison between uh, sports mm. and I made the comparison between comedy. Here's where I would then defend a little bit the fund managers, right? Yeah. Because the things that affect the success of a fund manager or any capital accumulator for that matter, a capital allocator, sorry, um, is that the things that can affect them is the percentage that is within their control is a lot less. So for example, if you play basketball, right? Mm. There are things you can do today that can improve your shooting, mm. that can improve your communication. There is a blueprint, there is a roadmap for you mm. should you choose mm. to improve. And any ordinary person, if he is willing to put in the hours, mm. can actually, um, let's say, reach the NBA or close to it. Mm. So the... In, in football, there's this word called the coincident factor. Basically, mm. the rand how much of randomness actually affects your outcome mm -hmm. can be actively reduced mm. by improving your skills. So same with, uh, actually even more so with comedy, right? It's a question of just keep doing it and yeah. you know, finding. But I think with the the beauty, the frustration, and the thing about the stock market is- <laughs> The randomness. <laughs> you uh. can do the right thing uh, and get the wrong result. So yeah. I think that's one- aspect, I don't know if you agree about the stock market that is slightly different from all these other merit, meritorious uh, mm -hmm. endeavors. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And that's why risk management is so important. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it, it, you see, that, that's, that, and also the ability to control your emotions. That's right. Agree. So for example, if you are doing badly in a position, do you, as a fund manager, I'm saying, not as an investor, but as a fund manager, do you think about your year-end KPI? Because you're doing badly, right? It Correct. Affect, affect Correct. Your KPI, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, it affects yeah. unit holders. Yes. You know? so, do you think about your year-end KPI? Or you trust the process that you're in? You see, that is the big question. Yes. And majority, I can tell you, majority, because they're part of an organization that is larger yeah. than you, yes. yeah, they have to follow. 100%. Once it reaches this, you have to cut. Yeah. You know. Similarly, if you own as an investor, as a retail investor yourself, it's your own money, you have the flexibility to do whatever you want. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you know, even if it drops to to uh, a fraction of what it was before, yeah. you no one breathing down your neck to tell you that hey, you have to cut your your year end bonus depends on this. No, correct. So that's why I always say that fund managers, being fund managers, have their advantage. Correct. They have the institutional power. Correct. Influence and even the access to information. Precisely. Yeah? 
But retail investors has the other end of the, the what to their ability. Yeah. They have time on their side. Correct. They don't have the, uh, I think Buffett calls it the institutional imperative, right? Yeah, that's right. Actually, right. you remember we discussed this many times, MJ. Yeah. Uh, one of the greatest uh, yeah. investors that Morningstar actually gave awards even. Uh, yeah. uh, Jean-Marie. Yeah, Jean-Marie Aviat. Uh, Aviat, yeah. you know. Uh, he was asked many times, what was his toughest year? His toughest year was during the years when value investing practices were said yeah. to be out of favor. His, uh, his, uh, his matcha, he's the guy who worked under him, uh, recently committed suicide. Right? Because you know value as a uh, uh, as a tr- as a uh, style of investing, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. has been on the decline now yeah. in mm. in reference yes. to growth yeah. and growth. whatnot. Yeah. So his fund dropped from like multi billions to few hundred millions. So he just jump, jump he just off. jump off the yeah, and he. And I yeah. remember reading the news. I forgot the name. Yeah, 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 but it was it was quite sad because um, he was uh, Jean Marie. I, I listened to a lot of his podcast. Right, he he actually said right the years when it was very tough. He was being compared because when he goes to his clients, some of his clients, family members, or the friends, hey, my other fund manager uh, during the tech bubble, uh, 1999, 2000, right? Hey, they're giving me returns of 40% a year and you are giving me a negative. You know, I said, yeah, what, what your style of investing is not right, whatever. So back to the institutional imperative, lah. you are measured on a yearly performance basis. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, you know, value investing, the horizon is longer, you see. And because of that, because of the fund structure, especially open-end, they pull ma, precisely when you need to put in money, you know. So to the point about not being fair to the fund manager, I think this is because yeah. of the structure of the fund. I think this is uh, this is the uh, disadvantage yeah. that fund managers have. And it have reminds of. me of this quote uh, from this investor, I can't remember already, that we are born bad, fund, bad investors, uh. Because what we do naturally is the opposite for what, like whatever is happening in KLCR right now. Because yeah. we also get questions on our Q&A. Mm. They're saying, oh, now a lot of people are leaving Busa. Should we leave also? I'm like, hello. <laughs> so what we teach you already. I finally yeah, found so, it. So yeah, yeah so it's, a, it's a podcast. It's right? a podcast, not the... So yeah. it's Jenny, right? So she say, I'll read out for those who are listening. Right? So Jenny says that you guys provide good advice, but sometimes you generalize too much. When one outsource your fund to a fund manager, you cannot say that uh, you are not taking ownership of your finances. Just like you ask a mechanic to fix your car, you expect the mechanic to fix it well. Keep up the good work, but not everyone is cut out to manage your own finance. Some may have poor behavior, some may have poor discipline. I like that you guys are share, share your goal posts because that is a very important lesson for everyone. So my response was, the issue with your example is that fund manager's success rate at doing his job is way lower than that of a mechanic. Thanks for watching our content. <laughs> A mechanic, right? Even if they change black oil for you, uh, <laughs> they have to be precise. Yeah, right? actually also because, uh, yeah. I don't know if you've discovered this as well, is mm-hmm. that the uh, feedback mechanism for investing is very different from a lot. Like, oh, yeah. like you fix a mechanic, right? Straight away, you know what's wrong, right? But whether, like like gloves now, I keep using gloves as an example now. <laughs> There's one group of, People that are saying that our oh, gloves are, are dead and like it's gone and all that. But I say, how do you know you, how to judge yeah. in, the, in one year, right? Yeah. I mean, business is over four to five years. So in four to five years time, then you can look back and say, yes. okay, Han made the right decision or the wrong decision. Yes. But I don't know if you felt that, if you discovered that that aspect of the stock market. I think that's a very fair point. And, and I think it's even more so in this time and age because Correct. of social media. That's right. That's, yes, yes. that's why whenever I, I, when I decided to write a book, or when I decided to write uh, articles and columns, 
you must always be prepared for a variety of yeah. responses and feedback. Mm, correct. If correct. you're not prepared to do that, just like you're, you're doing this show, yeah. you, you won't have 100% uh, fans. Correct, correct. You will have haters, you will have, you know. And it wouldn't always, be fun if everyone was a fan. Exactly. Also. <laughs> yeah, right. So that, that is the aspect of whether you are investing in the stock market, whether you're writing about the stock market, whether you're analyzing the stock market, you yeah. always have different. Yeah. But what is most important is um, where does the core of your investment value precisely, yeah? precisely. Just like you all do this show, why I like your show very much is because you all are talking about building long-term wealth. Mm. Yeah. You're not building short-term wealth, mm. you know, because Okay, if you do that, I, I won't be invited. Like, because yeah. I, I don't have the ability to build we, a We need you to we give us buy, buy, sell, call, you know, right? <laughs> you read, we read your book 10, minute, 10 yeah. pages later before sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. even 10 pages, uh, two yeah. pages. Uh. Where's yeah. the buy, sell, call? Uh? Yeah. Precisely, I, I have no ability to do that now. Coming yeah. back to, 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 to MJ's question is that that's why sometimes when I read certain comments, I find it amusing yeah. rather than um, being worked up all over. Yeah. It. You know, so because these people thinks that the result is immediate, just like probably they went through a lot of first-time investors yes. joined the market last year. Yeah. They thought every year is a glove. Yeah, year, glove you know? mania, yeah. <laughs> but if you look back at, at it, if you are the owner of a glove company stock and you saw what happened last year, mm. if you are the owner, like, let's just say you are the top 30 shareholders, you'll be laughing. Yeah. Even your share price tank today, you're still laughing. Correct. Because your bank account is filled up to the brim. Yes, yes. Which yes. company can do that. You, you know, I did a comparison in yeah. one of our earlier videos. I said, in one quarter, I think Hatha Lega yeah. made about 2.3 billion yes, you know, cash, you know, yeah. I, I cash in a coffer. Yeah. He said, so I, I, I so happened to play mm -hmm. uh, uh, mm -hmm. uh, sports with uh, mm -hmm. someone who knows the Hatha Lega family, mm -hmm. right? And he says, what they made in one year was yeah. equivalent to what they made in 10 years, you know? Precisely. And to your point uh, yeah. about, you know, the, the, if you are the owner, right, it's like you're, you're laughing all the way to the bank, you know, yes. regardless of whether your share price goes up yeah. or down. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So that's why these people do not understand it because when they look at the stock, yeah. they are thinking from a mindset that, oh, I invest today, I must make the money today. That's right. Correct. And then every time when the stock rallies or yeah. does well, suddenly they become long-term investor. Yeah. <laughs> that is the irony I, I feel. Yeah. So maybe I can put this on record since that I'm on your show. I, I, I will, I will put it myself in this position. If you're a long-term investor, stay consistent and be a long-term investor. Yeah, absolutely. If you are a short-term investor, similarly stay consistent and be a short-term investor. Yeah. Don't be a long-term investor when it suits your narrative yeah. and be a short-term investor when it suits your narrative. Yeah. Because in the end, you end up being a confused investor. So that is how I would I would, I would, would uh, uh, advise or, or at least uh, share a bit of my view on all, uh, this kind of uh, situation. Yeah. Now, coming back to the question on whether oh, Glove is dead, yeah. On what basis is it? Is it in the share price date? The industry is dead? What is dead? I do not know. Share price, definitely. Okay, so <laughs> if you're talking about share price, sentiment is against it. Yes. RSS, if you look at the, the short selling, every every month, yeah. you know, the, who is the top? Yeah. And then you know certain houses issue certain reports correct, and then at the correct. same time they facilitate the short. Yeah. So you look at it, you know what is going on behind so, the dynamics. Yes, yeah. But do you know why they're going it? Because glove stocks generally majority of the holders are retail investors. Yes. They are exactly playing to your sentiment. Yes, yes. If you are a kind of investor that is holding a long term like a big fund, do you think they can shake you? They can't shake you. There's yeah. no way they can shake you. Exactly. Look at what happened to GameStop. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. happened to AMC? They shake the funds. It's the other way around. But yeah. why we cannot do it? Because our mindset is not matured. Correct. Mindset is, I'm not saying the people in GameStop or AMC are mature. I'm saying that our mindset is not matured to become a long-term investor. We do not see value and we just think that, oh, sentiment-based, I should follow the flow. Then. Mm. When the time is good, then suddenly you become a long-term investor and vice versa. But it's all down to personal choice. Yeah. So in your show, you have always advocated long-term. How many people actually will become long-term? We do not know, right? Correct. 
So right. we can only do our part. <laughs> you know why I'm laughing, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Han? Because uh, yeah. we had another guest. Yeah. <laughs> and this is the first time I hear. Mm. <laughs> but when he said that, it resonated. Mm. He said, he said retail investors, right? Uh, some of them, I'm not saying all. He said, they justify their position using TA. Mm. But then when it tanks, uh, they justify Suddenly. holding on because of FTA. Suddenly they read security analysis. <laughs> 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 so it's like the other way. Yeah. I'm like, shouldn't you buy a stock because of yeah. FA and position yourself because of TA? <laughs> Which is the other way around, you see? Precisely. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> what the point that you made is very true. Yeah. But that also comes down to lack of um, experience yes. or, or the necessary knowledge. So, and also maybe not in the market long enough. Mm. So when you're in the market, uh, you went through certain cycles, you've yes. seen the best, you've seen the worst, then yeah. I don't think there are a lot of things that can panic you. Yeah. you know, unless it's a outright, um, say a fraud, you mm. know, or whatever it may be. You know? mm. But for otherwise, uh, for better or worse, that's why I always tell people that um, if you are really into the market, and you're doing it for your children, mm. you know, or, or for the next generation, try to build a long-term portfolio and all-weather balanced portfolio. Don't segregate or skew yourself to one position too mm. much you know for example those um, who are stuck in gloves they are wondering how do i get out of this rut yeah right? yeah now if you are having a balanced portfolio for example you can sell good companies that are already delivering the kind of returns that you want correct and with the funds you can average when it drops when the share price drops a lot correct to a level that you feel it's uh, reasonable slowly you bring down your cost in fact because the share price has dropped so much yes and it drops to a level that it doesn't make sense anymore it makes you even more, um, it's like a godsend opportunity yes, yes. for you to lower your cost. Yes, yes. The problem is that if it's not high or not low, you yes. cannot do, you cannot maneuver. You know? yeah. That is the part where it's very difficult. Now, coming back to tech stocks, I remember two, two months ago, right? I yeah. was on your show, or almost one, one month plus ago, I was yeah. on your show. I think it was in October. So yeah. Yeah. And I mentioned that uh, make enough from tech stocks, get out, right? Yeah. So shortly thereafter, the, the tech stocks started to plunge. Yeah. And some of them never returned. I remember, even the hottest stock of the day, um, Gentech went up to 50. Uh, and then now it yeah, dropped yeah. to 38. Yeah. You yeah. Know? But I still know that a lot of people didn't get out at 50. Oh yeah. No, and they were the, hoping for 60. Ma. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, then, and then now that it dropped to 30 plus, yeah. then they are saying that, hey, uh, I'm a long-term investor. <laughs> I'm a funder, fundamental investor. Yeah. But which part about Gentech is fundamental? Yeah. Nothing. Why I say nothing is yeah. because there are no funda matrix, fundamental matrix that can calculate this kind of valuation mm. yeah. at all. Yeah. At all. So even sometimes I read the analyst report, I would snigger at it. Not because I think it's outrageous, but the way they try to justify it yeah. mm. from a fundamental standpoint, make it too, what's the word? Uh, the right word is too, uh, they, they try too hard. Yeah. To, because they have to, right? As yes. a, at the least, you have to justify it. You cannot just say that, Correct. oh, I think that- They need their like, report to have traffic, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they, they, they justify it from fundamental. So it gives a kind of a misperception to people that, hey, actually investing in stocks like this is a fundamental. Mm. It's not. If you invest in growth stock, invest in tech stocks, you believe in the growth, the numbers don't make sense, but you must know why you're getting into it and you yeah. might be prepared for the- For risk. the long haul and yeah. the- Risk, yeah the risk of them yeah. executing yeah. what they have Correct. said or promised or whatever. Because yeah. with with Genetech, the whole story is that uh, electric vehicles, Tesla, Berlin. Yeah. Yes. Those are the two keywords, right? Correct. For yes. Genetech. Correct. And as we've seen with Dyson and yeah. Atta, right? Yes. If, if Elon Musk woke up the wrong way and said, you know, I, I don't like yeah. Genetech. Right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm sure he's not the one making a decision, but <laughs> yeah. you know, his people are making a decision. Or if Tesla is not doing well. Yeah, I'll tell her, yeah. Yeah, yeah, correct, right? Yeah. So you see, like I just saw yesterday, um, 
uh, a news report. Uh, Toyota is going big into electric vehicle. Mm. By 2030, mm. most of their fleets would be uh, uh, EV, yeah. EV yeah. already. Now, I think what is interesting to yeah. your point is that because this style of investing, okay, so for example, right, value, so to speak, worked really well in the 90s yeah. and in the 2000s, early 2000s. After and the dot-com so, crash. Yeah, and so people had this 10-year period where value did well and all that. And so then the opinion starts to form the value is the apex way of investing. So then those guys completely missed out, right, on all the, the Googles and the Apples correct, and whatnot this correct. world. And it seems to me right now that there is this solidifying behavior, right, or this psychological makeup for a lot of people that growth is like that now. And it reminded me a lot of, I think the, probably the most important quote in the security analysis is what, which was that those in, uh, those that were fallen once uh, will be in glory. And then those that were glorious will not, will be fallen as well. Yep. And I think because it takes, because it works, that's why it wouldn't work. I don't know if this makes sense. It, it wouldn't work in, in at certain points of time. And yeah. it's not going to work all the time. I think the point is yeah. you're trying to make is that value investing doesn't work all the time and growth investing doesn't work all the time. Yeah. That, that's where, because of these cycles of volatility, yeah. that's where you can make money. I yeah. think that's the point you're trying to Correct. make. Yeah. And it's, at the end of the day, I think you're right that it's about being consistent about your who you are. So in when your thing don't work, you don't jump ship so that when it does work, you are, you are there. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then also, that's why a balanced portfolio is so important. Yeah. yeah. You see, when I say a balanced portfolio, it means you must have a healthy balance between either party so you don't miss out on certain things. Correct. And then when one is performing well, the yeah. other one, you know? Yeah. So these are time-tested and proven theory yeah, yeah. over the time. Yes, yes, yes. You know? That's why whenever people ask me what kind of investor I am, I don't say I'm value, and I don't say I'm growth. I yeah. always say I'm a fundamental investor. Yeah. That means if I see a company, it's growth company, yeah. there is fundamentals to justify. Yes, yes. The valuation is something palatable to me, even if it's a premium. Yes. I can consider it, but rarely, lah, I will tell you all frankly, rarely, because I need that margin of safety so I can sleep well at night. You yeah. know? So that, that is my personality, but not everyone is of this personality. Yeah. But then you see, I don't beat myself up when things go against me. Yes. You know, Because if in investing out of 10, I'm right 50% of the time or even 60%. I'm very good already. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm a great investor already. So yeah. that 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 is all that matters to me. Yes, you yes. Know? And the other times that I'm wrong, the risk management must kick in basically to protect me, to keep my downside limited. Okay, you know? great. And then more importantly, at the end of the day is that 2021 is a year of such and it should actually reinforce that belief. Yes. You know, yes. In, in everyone. So pivoting to what uh, MJ also asked, what is the outlook for 2022? Yes. Mm. Yeah. So 2022 is a very uh, interesting year because I think for Malaysia, we may have an election. Mm. Okay. So I think this is on the back of um, the politician's mind. Not sure whether it's back on the Rakyat's mind, mm. but in terms of an uh, 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 investor in the market, these are things you cannot ignore. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I will be the first to admit that my worst performance ever is in 2018. Election year. Change of election. Change, uh, change of, of government, government, sorry. Change of government. Yeah. So that was my worst performance ever uh, in, in all my years of investing. Of course, eventually you recovered and all. But yeah. why was that the case? Just curious. Oh, in, because, in your assessment. Because at the point in time, no one foresaw the government would change. Mm. And then even um, when, when, when the government changed, 
there was a period of time where the stock market still did well. Correct. Then subsequently, because of our huge debts and then of, of uh, termination of some mega projects mm. and then all. So there were a lot of uncertainties for foreign yeah. investors and we started uh, going downhill yes. in, in terms of KLCI. Now look at where KLCI is today, 2021 compared mm -hmm. to 2018. Mm -hmm. How many years? 18, 19, 20, 21. Next year, fifth year. Yeah. We are actually in a four, Free fall, going, no? going to a, a fifth year of decline. Mm. So would uh, 2022 be a year to start to pick up? Probably. You know, that, that is what I'm what I'm trying to get at. So sometimes do not get too pessimistic when you see the market yeah. drop. You know? yes, yes. In fact, look at it as an opportunity to position yourself for the next three correct. years. Correct, correct, yeah. correct. Of course, some people will tell me that uh, Malaysia is in a situation that, you know, we're losing to our neighbors. Hopeless already. It's such an overused sort yeah. of thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. correct. Yeah, it's very overused. Yeah, so if... If you put in into perspective, lah, in a in a in a grander grander scheme of thing, you put everything into perspective, our banks worse off than ninety seven. No, no, they're actually even stronger. So much stronger. Yeah, you know, uh, our, our our generally the listed companies are they doing so much uh, worse than what it was? Let's just say the top thirty index. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, if you talk about uh, uh index related companies, uh, are there very much changes to them uh, apart from Inari and a few names here and there? No. Do we have better quality names in the comp uh, in, the, in the stock market? We yes. do have. Yes. Do we have a lot of dodgy uh, penny stocks? Yes, we still have. You know, so those are the companies that you should avoid. Focus on the good quality companies, yep. and you just hold yes. those that especially you think they can hold a dominant position in the years to come, Correct. where the valuation is now slowly becoming more palatable. That's right. You know. That's right. That's so right. coming back to to twenty twenty two, apart from general election, I don't know about Jio, but I think uh, another major theme globally would be the Fed tapering and as well as mm. the Fed hike rate hike. Yes. Another major event that actually is very important to us. Why? Two reasons. We are a developing country, Correct. emerging markets. Yeah. Second is that uh, we are an export nation. Mm. So does it mean that export stocks will come back into play mm. as the, the, the Fed rate hike? Yeah. Or will it because uh, things are sort of factored in now? Yeah. You know, so these are the things that uh, people need to consider towards 2020. Uh, I want to ask you about the yeah. Fed tapering. What do you think is the probability of actually um, the Fed pushing this forward? Mm. One. Two, if it does happen, which will be a big break in trend yeah. over the when you compare it to the since 08, right? Um what how is that gonna affect some of the major countries and eventually Malaysia? Maybe that's where you can expand a little bit more about your point about exports. So what okay. what do you think about yeah. the probability so, first? Okay, usually whenever uh loose liquidity policies, uh, yeah. we call it uh, uh, expansionary monetary policies uh happen globally, uh Emerging markets and developing markets benefits mm. because the fund flows will flow into this. Correct. Market. Correct. Credit become cheap. They have so much credit. They want to look for higher returns, so they look for riskier markets. Yes. And then we, we as part of the MSCI, uh, Morgan Stanley uh, Composite Index of Emerging Markets, we are one of those that are being considered. Uh, you know, of course, in recent years, our composition has fallen a lot, uh, for whatever reason. And then, uh, based on this, you must look at when will they taper. Yeah. Was it expected? Uh. If you know, okay, most of us know that it will taper. Yes. They will taper. To what quantum? Whether it be gradual, whether uh, it be like huge, a cliff. Huge, yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah. So those are the very important matrix. I'm very sure they'll taper. To what quantum? I think it will be in a gradual pace. Gradual pace meaning not something that will send a shock overnight to everyone. So that's very important. But even a gradual pace, foreign funds will still pull back. Yeah. It's natural. Yeah. Okay. Second thing is uh, interest rate hike. That is the, the more important one because mm. when interest rate hike, they can take their money, park it in safer assets. Correct. A, a risk-free instruments. Risk-free instruments, correct. Risk-free returns. Uh, yeah. Quite risk-free returns. So naturally, emerging markets loses its appeal. Yeah. Unless the, 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 the trend 
they call it the circular trend of the country is doing so well that it's going up upwards. Ah, oh, then we have to not miss it, lah. Yeah. Like some people are talking about Vietnam, uh, for this year, and they're pro- potentially talking about uh, Indonesia for next year. You know, so then these are the countries that become. Are we one of those countries belonging to the the latter category? I'm not sure at this juncture. So then it comes back to our ringgit, uh, value of our ringgit. Now, export nations generally do well when when uh, uh, uh what's that called? This uh, ringgit, economic boom. Uh, currency yeah, is currency is uh, weaker. Uh, weak, weaker. Yeah. So our export, if you are net exporters, we generally do well. The coffers become our, our we call it a current current account or balance of payments. Yeah, balance of payments, yeah, yeah, balance of payments uh, uh, increases. So that is generally the trend. Now, do you think that at this juncture, ringgit is still undervalued or overvalued? So a lot of people say that our fair value is 3.8. Huh? Where they get that? <laughs> yeah. Where? You have to read yeah, a lot pegging, of that. Pegging, pegging. Yeah. <laughs> so my question is, who, who tells you the fair value of your currency is 3.8? Our right? former prime minister, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if you, you think your fair value is 3.8, yeah. then why don't you just go back to it, right? You, yeah, yeah. You, 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 peg, you peg it, peg it right? <laughs> you know? But it doesn't work like that, right? Yeah. So that's not how the currency market works. Yeah. Now, how it works is generally is if your export quantity, your foreign fund inflow, yeah. you know, like the government just touted that we had what? 100 over billion in approved investments. Wow, huge sum, right? Mm. But how much of it is coming in yeah. uh, in the next one, two years? We do not know. Yeah. You know? But the good news is I see certain things like a 30 billion Intel factory in, uh, yep. in Penang. Penang. You know, that, yep. that is something believable. Why yeah. I say it's believable? Because um, Intel is now looking to regain its, its dominance. dominance. Uh, yeah. And also uh, Penang has a very strong ecosystem Correct. in the supply chain. And they already have existing factory. Correct. Now, if they really were to do that, now that is a catalytic booster. Huge. Correct. Yeah. To the to the companies there, businesses around there, and of course the supply chain. Yeah. 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 So you have to look from all aspects. Correct. So my viewpoint is that if we think that taper will happen, interest rate will hike. Two companies, uh, two sectors you must buy. Export companies, mm. right? That's number one. Uh, second one is your banks, no? Oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Your banks. Insurers. So these are the examples of the, the sectors that are easy to spot now, which are still very cheap yeah. at this juncture. you know, yeah. I always talk about companies such as uh, uh, we have some very good food manufacturing companies. Yep. You know, I, I, won't I know you're a fan of OFI, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just saying, I, I wouldn't name it, but since you mentioned, yeah, I'm a no, because big we, fan of- we have it there, actually. Oh. Uh, we have, Do you have some super rings? Do you have we, super rings? We, I remember we had a packet. No, yeah. no, never mind. Maybe. Jonathan ate it really. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a big fan of OFI, I'm a big fan of Kawan, yeah. you know? They yeah, have yeah. a very healthy export market. They yes. have, we call it the grade A products. Mm. Grade A products meaning products that um, people can uh, consistently buy and create a recurring revenue. Yeah. They have very low uh, low uh, cost of manufacturing and overall its balance sheet is healthy and everything. But people are not looking into it. Yeah. Why? Boring. Ma. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that, at the end of the day, uh, there are a lot of opportunities in Malaysia. They're yeah. very good quality companies. You just need to spend a little bit more time and look beyond what is always reported on the headlines. Precisely. Huh? I think I think that 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 <laughs> point, right? Uh, uh, Actually, NJ and I many times we've yeah. repeated like it's almost a grandfather grandmother story. The problem is even in uh, uh, we start we restarted a new channel, Fire yeah. uh, uh, Crypto, right? Yeah. And a lot of times people just look at headlines. Yeah. They're not willing to peel the second level, third level, and look at the data. Like for example, to your earlier point about fat tapering, right? I I was just doing this research uh, because of uh, my interest in crypto right now. Twenty twelve to twenty twenty. The US government printed over the span of eight years five trillion. 
And in the span of one year in 2020, they printed five trillion, the same amount of money uh, in one year as, as, uh, as in the past of five years, right? And eventually this, 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 this will have to stop, la. the musical chair will have to stop. La. And to your point about them pulling, right? Do you see this uh, strategy being applied to even our Malaysian government printing? I, I've not done the stats on the Malaysian government money supply, but do you think this, this actually helps uh, investors actually better position themselves and better understand um, um, how money and policies actually work to their favor or to none their, their I none favor. Majority of them don't don't do the homework. Okay. Yeah. The majority of them don't. They just read what is reported. Yeah. But yeah. The problem is reports are sometimes changing and it's fluid. Ah, so yeah. at, at this point in time, maybe Goldman Sachs says this. Then after that, JP Morgan says this. Then the boss of the JP Morgan says this. Then the Goldman Sachs boss says another thing. So what what is what? You know. Yeah. So. That is the problem with investors whenever they invest. They only look at headlines, but they do not look into the, the content of mm, it. Mm. And then more importantly, coming back, how to relate it back to Malaysia. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, that is exactly. more important. Yeah, 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 because yeah. sometimes certain headlines really doesn't concern us. Yes, yes, you know, yes. Believe it or not. I know uh, 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 a, a bit, uh, a bit uh, uh, far-fetched, but really certain headlines really doesn't con con concern us. Yeah. And if they say, oh, emerging market is very bad, you know, sometimes the emerging market may not be referring to us also. Correct. Because it may be talking about- It's this, so generalistic. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it may be your uh, Wawa West, your, your, your Brazils, you know, your, your Latin Americas. Those are the ones that they're referring to and not us. You know, so then it comes back to the question is that how are we positioned? Mm. It's very difficult because macro is so wide. So, so wide, huge, so, many, so variables. many variables. Yeah. Even I study so much about macroeconomics, I cannot correctly be right all the time. Correct. You know, if I'm right, maybe 50% of the major events, I'm very happy with. Yes, yes, yes. So that comes back to the same thing. If you invest, just choose a company that you like, yes. that you resonate with, and yeah. you think that it's something that you can hold for years. Yeah. You know, give you that kind of good, good, uh, 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 returns that you think mm -hmm. that they, you are satisfied with. That's yeah. all that matters. But if you think about getting rich all the time, mm. that is a mindset that is affect that will impair your judgment. Confirm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before before and I need to ask you about yeah. the since we're relating back to Malaysia, yeah. which is the election, yeah. right? Because you know, unfortunately, it does affect yeah. our, our economy quite a lot. So I mean, you can give your thoughts on who you think will win, <laughs> but more importantly, is the effects that you foresee depending on who wins. So for example, I think one of the reasons why Malaysia has not been performing since the election is because, uh, because first of all, Pakatan Harapan couldn't even form a proper government. government. And I think even if they did, my personal view is that the their manifesto um, is a break from a lot of what Malaysia's economic policy was, yeah. which was decent. Mm. Um, one of them was GST, but that's my view. La. So in your view, right, based on who wins, right, what do you think is going to be the economic effect? And at the end of the day, how as investors should we position? I.e. if A wins, what do we do? If B wins, what do we do? If C wins, what do we do? Okay. Um, I definitely cannot foresee who will win because it's a, uh, I would say, ultimately it will be an, a co coalition mm. government. It will mm. not be a single dominant yep. party like before. Mm. Uh, the days of a single dominant uh, political party is gone. Mm. I, I will be frank here. So yes, everyone will say, oh, Amno will come back bigger, better, stronger. You know, uh, I don't think so. Because if you look at the Malacca election, uh, there's a split clearly mm. in uh, uh, between uh, Pakatan, uh, PN, and BN. Mm. So there's a split between there. So there are three forces. Then don't forget... Um, 
East Malaysia, Warisan is talking to start a chapter in Peninsula. Mm. Muda just got registered, uh, uh, sorry, Finally. Uh, ordered to allow registration yeah. yesterday. Yeah. So that's another political force that's Correct. coming up. Correct. So there are too many factors uh, there, but I can, out, I can convincingly say that it will be a coalition that makes mm -hmm. the next government. Now, which coalition makes the government? That is very important. Mm. And that will actually affect the market. Whoever that is more pro-economy, centrist, less populist mm. is good for the market. Yes. Whoever that is more populist, less, uh, more towards the left wing, more socialist, more uh, 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 pro uh, the welfare of the people is bad for the markets. Yes. So it's just like in US, Democrats and Republicans. Correct. So I say Republican is always better because they give tax breaks, they are pro-economy and everything, but welfare suffers. Then the Democrats are always the one that say for rainy days, you know, in the end, the Republican is the one that spend it. So it all depends on which coalition goes up. Mm. But then again, now I'm seeing a blurry line. Even though in the past they say AMNO BN is actually more pro-business, yeah. but if you look at budget 2022, it's one of the most uh, socialist welfare-ish um, uh, uh, budget. Yeah. And believe it or not, it's actually very anti-business, very, yes, very, very poor for economy. Yeah. So if you read 90% of the budget and you come down to the last few, you see stamp duty for the stock market. Yep. Then you see um, this foreign income exemption yes. waiver. Yeah being revoked. Yes. And then you see the most important is a Chukai Makmo, which I personally uh, and strongly uh, vehemently against. Uh. Yeah. So these three are kept at right at the bottom. And this three was enough to send our stock market down by almost 60, 70 points yeah. uh, to date. Yeah. So what, what I'm trying to say is that it depends on the policies of each uh, party and whoever that comes to power. If they come to power based on a larger majority uh, over the other smaller parties, maybe those who are pro propagating that, that pro-economy policies can uh, still roll out. The question is that if it's a, a loose coalition that makes up government, yeah. everyone will have to give in to one another. So it then you true. become a very rojak, rojak policy. Actually, you just echo my thoughts. The problem is when there is no strong leader or mm. strong component, right? And you start lobbying to yeah. get all this, yeah. everyone has to be happy, right? Yes this is when it's actually very, very tough for the market. Because yeah, yeah. you have to satisfy A, you have to satisfy B, you have to satisfy C. Yeah. When you have a strong component, one guy will say, okay. That, that's why I was, I keep on joking with uh, MJ yeah. about this and even a lot of my friends who are into politics. Right? I don't think Russia can work without Vladimir Putin. <laughs> yeah. Sad you, to say. Yeah. yeah, it's sad to say. You need a strong guy. and Obviously, you can't apply directly to Malaysian politics, but... To your point about maybe maybe my opinion, uh, and you see whether I'm, uh, uh, you agree or disagree with me. Ironically, in Malaysia for a recovery phase today, right? I think we need a strong one-party system. Obviously, the race card and everything, or who deserves it, whatever. Uh, to me, it, it, that that's besides the point. The point I'm trying to make is that unless you have a strong component party and uh, in a way a singular or more dominant approach. I think it's very bad for the market. What, what are your thoughts on that actually? I have a view that can, I, I have an idea that may possibly resolve this problem. Uh. That is to pass the anti-hopping law. If you uh. pass the anti-hopping law, there's no potential uh, shake up. In uh. So then this so-called coalition bargaining power mm -hmm. becomes more uh, 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 diminished. I see. You know, right now we don't have much. So yes. if you don't like, I pull out law. Yeah. I join the other side. You know, so that's why they were yeah, what you're saying is you it will resemble more what you see in the US like, where yes. you have two party states. Yes, yeah. Correct. Yes. So then if you have an anti-hopping law, 
no one can shift, no one can pull out the coalition mm. as and when they want. Uh, there will never be another Sheraton move. Mm. So that is the most important reform agenda that the MOU uh, signed between Pakatan Harapan and the government, which I hope to see. Yeah. Mm. Everything else to me secondary. Anti-hopping law is, is the first step to preventing a, a, a repeat of what. Once you do it, you have a five-year mandate Whoever it may be, yes. At least there is a roadmap, correct? And a direction. That means someone have to stay in the party for at least five, at five years. years. Yes, at least five years, right? Yeah. So then you can implement the policies that you roll out, correct? And correct. then at least civil servants will say, "Oh, so what? Before this, they may not listen to you because you won't be here in one year, correct? Two years. Correct, correct. Now, see, that that is how the civil servants actually would actually think. Mm. Even it may not may not uh, be the truth, yeah. but some of them will, will think, "Oh." You are telling me to do this, Minister. But next year you won't be here, but I've been here for 30 years. <laughs> you know, you to tell me. Yeah. You know, so you know, so this is that a problem that we are facing. But whereas if you are in government for five years, yes. the civil servant that you're working with will have to be professional and will have to respect to an extent your uh, legitimacy granted by the people. Mm. So that is why they also talk about the higher authority of the state. You must have legitimacy. Mm. If you have yep. legitimacy, the civil servant respect you, the people respect you. Whatever policy you roll out, good or bad, mm. the resistance will be lesser. Correct. Yeah. You know, the situation, what we're having is that no one have that legitimacy because originally the mandate was given to a party who is no longer in government. Correct. Correct. So coming to 2022, you ask me election, is it good or bad? Once and for all, good readings is good. Yes. For G15 to be uh, called next year. Yeah. So for markets, what do we do? Do you stay invested or you not stay invested? My approach is always stay invested, but be very careful on the companies that you choose to invest in. Mm. Meaning, some people will always say, oh, election coming. Let's choose politically linked counter. <laughs> Let's write the politically uh, uh, political wave. wave. Yeah. Let's, uh, yeah, oh, I believe Amno will win. Yeah. So I will buy Amno linked companies. Yes. I believe Pakatan will win. So I bring a Pakatan. Yeah, I believe Persatu will win. So I buy a all these thematic traders, all this whatever, you know, to be to be frank, it helps no one but the brokers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you churn out income for Bursa, you churn out income for brokers, it doesn't help you. Yeah. Because this is not a vote. Yes. If you you like a party, yeah. go and take your vote and cast at the ballot box. Correct. Don't, don't use do your money. You. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the latest uh, tit for tat between Tony Pua and, uh, uh, yes, uh, and, and the Gamuda? I saw, I saw yeah. I'm yeah. like... Yeah. I find it pretty sad that, you know, it comes out in public yeah. and yet it does no good to the investing community Correct. or the economy. You know? uh, uh, just one final yeah. question yeah. on yeah. that, right? Is Because uh, you mentioned about coalition and of course, yes. you're saying there's blurred lines. It's very hard to see who will win and all that. But if there was a... What do you think is the coalition, right? The group of parties, right? That is going to be the... That's going to be pro-investor. Do you, do you have, do you like, because there's so many of these, right? Yeah. So let's say you could handpick and you can buffet <laughs> and put together all these oh. groups. <laughs> like, like, you know, Barcelona, you got ah, your superstar, you, you got your Lionel Messi. La, you know? <laughs> right now, they all have to come in the package because of all the bargaining. <laughs> and all that, right? Okay, okay. But let's say you could. Ah, this is very interesting go, topic. <laughs> I'm not sure if this is uh, suitable for the channel. <laughs> Turning into a political. No, but it's still an investor, right? Because okay. if it's right. pro, which is the most pro-business, which is the Avengers team, <laughs> essentially, for the pro, that's pro-business. I think Amno and DAP has to work together. Okay. Okay. I Very think difficult. it's the best for our country. <laughs> yeah. These are arch enemies. Yeah. They both have the largest representation in the country. Yes. Uh, in the parliament. Yeah. And they are very good check and balance for one another. 
who's the bad cop, who's the good cop will take turns. Yeah. But you know, I really love that to happen. No, yeah, I, yeah. I'm serious. If yeah. Amno and DAP work together, I think racial issues will be less. Yes. Uh, in the country, um, the, the the division between a blurred line, blurred line uh, of Ketuanan uh, 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 and the minorities in the country and the rights of the others will also be uh, assimilated to next. Correct. Correct. Uh, it is even more important than... Um, uh, a lot of these things that people are, are, are fighting for and shouting for today, saying that um, uh, uh, Malaysia as a country, you know, we are not assimilated well enough, you know, yeah, you know that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I believe that uh, the country, if AMNO and DAP can work together, that would be an ideal outcome uh, for the country. I, I think our our Tunem just made the first step, right, in bringing these two together because <laughs> they both 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 parties agreed uh, with that the chopstick uh, example. Even though it was more out of proportion, uh, to, be fair, to be fair. So yeah, so if you ask me, that, that's a dream thing. I'm not saying the others cannot. The others are welcome to join. Correct. But as long as uh, the two largest representation uh, parties work, willing to work together, mm. uh, come to a common ground, there will be that stability that we want. Correct. But of course, then people argue. I prefer a two-party system. I yes. want a healthy democracy. Yes. So it depends on which fence you're on. I personally like a two-party system, but I want a two-party system that is based on policies rather than um, a racial ideologies. Yes, right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So to end, right, yeah. in one to two sentences, right, what do you say to the investors listening, preparing for 2022? I think most importantly is to uh, believe that uh, the stock market will always be here. Mm. There will be up and down market cycles. But there's one friend that you can always rely on and that's time. So if you're willing to uh, buy a good company and hold it across time, ultimately you'll reach your financial goals, whatever it may be. You know, um, I have no answers to short-term uh, windfall uh, wealth. Uh, I, I have no experience building that as well. I believe everything requires hard work and uh, the hard work really starts with yourself and not other people. Of course, finding good resources like your channel <laughs> helps. Thank you. Thank you, know, you. And uh, reading books or reading uh, materials and news all helps. But ultimately, um, make the effort. Don't hope for quick tips. <laughs> Don't hope for anyone to tell you um, what to buy or what to do. Ultimately, it's all down to yourself. Not music to the ears for traders, but music to the ear for investors. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for thank coming. Thank you so much uh, for having us. Yeah. Those comforting words. Having, and yeah, yeah, thank you yeah. so much. Yeah. Definitely, <laughs> definitely the time, right? Round three. Let's hope this, uh, this video- Becomes a quarterly outdo. kind of- Yeah, we should do a quarterly. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe next Q2. time Grab make a move. Oh, the yeah. Next, yeah. <laughs> so the pivot thing is when Grab makes another move, then you come on and yeah, just joking. Just joking. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, we, we, we yeah. really don't mind quarterly stuff. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, yeah. this is like this, in a way, like a second quarter. So yeah. maybe the next one, uh, maybe in March or February. Correct. Uh, correct. Right? As long as the listeners find that um, my presence is not annoying. No, it's, it's, it's actually yeah. more for us also, you know. We're, yeah. yeah, we just want to have people I, to chat with. I, 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 think, I think I just, sorry, before that, I just want to check like yeah. the our most viewed uh, yeah. videos. I, I believe, yeah, you can I check think it's, Yeah, I think it's, it's his. Uh, yeah. I know it's a race between you and uh, Mr. Casey Chong, right? Yeah. Uh, which is good to know lah, because the, both you Casey and Mr. Chong. Casey, you guys are very uh, fundamental. Yeah, good driven. man. Uh, I don't know Casey personally, but he's a very good man. Uh, I mean, yeah. the value that he- He's the uncle he everyone wish that they had lah. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's the Kaye also that- Yeah, I think it's, it's great lah, you know, um, that, uh, People like that gets the publicity on your channel. Mm. Yeah, we're going to podcast one. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good channels, yeah. We've got too many. <laughs> yeah. uh, videos. And then so, wow, so many already. Yeah, you know, I, I just, you know, um, we, we're definitely going to do one podcast. Uh, most popular. Most popular. To, to recap the journey. Yeah, yeah. you're number three. You actually join, join second, I would yeah. say. Not number three. Yeah, join second. With this. Okay, man, Han, thank you so much for Pleasure. being on podcast. Yeah. Uh, lunch.
Oh, definitely. Ah, uh, more, more economics and stock talk after yes, this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Too bad right. we can't record, guys. So, yeah. but anyway. All right. Thanks, you. MJ. Thanks, yes. John. I yeah. wish you all have a wonderful 2022. Thank, Thank you, you so you much. Too, you, you too. too. You too. Right. And wish uh, all our listeners a happy... I, did, I believe this will be the last podcast for 2022, uh, 2022 right? uh, Second last or Second last, last or last, last one, yeah. yeah. Wish you guys uh, a, a happy and, uh, you know, well, hopefully wealthy 2022. And uh, yeah, signing off.